Since Illinois Supreme Court began meeting 200 years ago, 121 justices have served as its leader. Three of those are women. Its current Chief Justice, Ann Burke, discusses her legal career, goals, and advice on this week's edition of Capital Cast. I'm Rebecca Anzell. I met with Chief Justice Burke in the Supreme Court's spacious library in Springfield. Our interview was around lunchtime, after her first day presiding over oral arguments as head of the High Court. When I meet with Burke, she's speaking with a court employee, finishing up work on a speech. She's cheerful. As we begin chatting, I discover she's led a storied legal career that only began after she graduated law school at the age of 39. She said she's surprised more women haven't been seated on the Supreme Court bench by now. I was interested in speaking with you because, not that being a woman defines you, but you are only the third female to hold this position out of 121. I know. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, that's for sure. Does it, are you surprised that you're only the third? Well, I was surprised that there wasn't somebody before Justice McMurrow. I mean, her history alone, she was the only woman in her law school class in the 50s. She was the first woman to um, try a felony murder trial. Uh, She was preparing for the argument in the Illinois Supreme Court. And her boss asked her what she was doing. She was in the state's attorney's office, and she said, well, I'm getting ready for oral argument. He said, oh, no, women do not argue in the Supreme Court. So she was totally denied. And this is the 50s. I was already born. You know what I mean? So and then, of course, she ran and uh, for the Supreme Court, ultimately won, and became the first woman justice in the 90s. How could that be in in the world today? But there's other um, symbols around and things that happen uh, that women um, still have. You're always the wife of somebody or you're always something like that. So, I mean, it's not unusual. You've done so many other things. Um, You have 13 honorary degrees, you've taught education, um, you helped found the Chicago Special Olympics, you served on the Board of Admissions to the bar. I'm definitely leaving things out. Um, What do you, Chief Justice Burke, sort of bring to this position that perhaps some of your predecessors may not have? Well, because I was a gym teacher and college dropout, literally, I didn't go back to college until after I was married and had three children. My real love was children and sports, athletics, and the arts, and it still is. Um, So I think my foundation as a gym teacher, um, even though I was an advocate for children in the gym, I was an advocate for children um, as a teacher, and I was an advocate for vulnerable people in society as, as a lawyer. What I bring with me with all that is the camp counselor, gym teacher ideas, is I'm a, you know, gatherer, I'm a convener of people and um, not doing it necessarily myself, but having everybody else involved, every team member is important, not one over the other. And I think that's exactly the way our court has functioned, which is not because of me necessarily, but just by the nature of everybody is a Supreme Court judge. We don't have one extra vote because you're chief, you just have to do the agenda and open court and th- some other things. But outside of that, we're equal. And I and that's, I think, the team approach that I have taken my whole life. So hopefully I can consider that as uh, something that I 
do in my everyday life on the court with uh, committees and other kinds of activities that we participate in. You are also no stranger to being the first woman appointed to something. You were the first woman appointed to the Illinois Court of Claims. Um, and this is a conversation we could be having in a number of other industries. The first woman was named to be capital architect not that long ago. Um, Illinois has never had a female governor. I would argue that there are probably young girls sitting somewhere and they look to you as, as a trailblazer and a role model. Do you ever think about that? I do, and, I, and, and young people, um, maybe not so young people, but like myself, I didn't go to law school until I was, um, had four children under 10. So that isn't just a real good example. People should go when they feel like it. But on the, under, on the other hand, I always try to tell young people, don't dream about being over there. Dream about enjoying what you're doing today. Everything I've done, I've enjoyed at that moment, and, and that built on to where I am today. I never had the goal to be a lawyer or on a, as a judge or even a teacher. It just evolved that way, and I enjoyed every second of it. So you might say that I wouldn't be who I was today without having the dreams at every point in my life. The dreams were to be in, enjoy what you're doing every second. Then you get the chance to see the windows and the doors that open up along the way. If you're so focused ahead of yourself, you never see what's available on either side or who might influence you, and you, but you won't even think about that person influencing you. So that's what I tell young people. Just enjoy today. Prepare yourself, of course. Go to school. Enjoy what you're doing in school and experiment. Uh, with different things. Take that risk. Martin Luther King always said, you never know what's at the top of the staircase. But if you don't take that first step, you never will. Part of your initiative is going to be, as Chief Justice, is going to be um, the listening tour, uh, sort of, as I understand it, uh, increasing access to justice in the state. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, first of all, I think um, I really got the idea of of listening to her from the uh, Latin term that's right outside, uh, in, or I should say in the Supreme Court room, both in Chicago and here, audialterum partum, to hear the other side. It's a mandate to all the justices every time we come on the bench. But it's also, I think I've taken it personally to listen to my children more, uh, you know, my husband maybe, maybe not so much, but um, needless to say, it's good to listen to other people. And I I've just returned from several different conferences around the country, one on mental health and one on juvenile justice. Everybody has such a wealth of information, you can't help but learn from that. And so I, I thought that perhaps um, it would be good for me to travel around the state and just listen to what's going on. So the hope is the State Bar Association, the Illinois State Bar Association will be my host, and they will take me to the different places and invite the individuals who will be invited, which will be all the stakeholders in our justice system. So it will be the sheriff, it will be the clerks, and it will be the judges and the lawyers, but it also anyone else who's an integral part, public defenders, state's attorneys, should be in the room. I want to hear what they have to say. There's not so much difference um, between what we do in different circuits. Um, Cook may have more people, but it isn't necessarily what they do is different than anything in Macon County, for sure. For sure. Um, it's just that there's a volume there. But there's so many things that people might do just a little bit different that we can all learn from. And that's what I want to do is 
try to gather all that information, come back and look at it, and try to work with it with our access to justice and our new initiative for the, for the, um, for the court, uh, and use what people have thought nobody listening to. And I, so I want to listen to them. Justice Carmeier had said that one of the things that will define his legacy of Chief Justice is the success of the strategic agenda, which of course is something that you will be heading. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes, he told me that too. I know. Well, I'm going to do everything in my power and um, and, and everyone else is on the court. We all are a team, like I said. He says that kiddingly because he knows that each one of us, all seven of us, will do everything we can. We're going to spread out and try to get it all done. In three years from now, well, hopefully we are still sitting across the table, uh, and I will probably ask you, or somebody will ask you, what you think your legacy will be. Is there something that you hope to be able to say to them, or is this something you haven't even begun to think about yet? No, I really don't think I'm um, thinking about any legacy, because I just want to meet people, and I want people to be engaged in the law, and the actually the delivery of the law to the public. And if that occurs in one or two places that it hasn't been, then, then that'll be wonderful. But I'm not going to be doing it. It's the individuals everywhere around the state that will actually be doing it. I just want to be the cheerleader and tell them to go ahead and do it. You know, that's what I want them to have, you know, a pat on the back. We don't have an opportunity very often to encourage people and thank them for their service and give them a pat on the back to say, just try a little, you know, try what you want to do, what you like to do, what you think might work. If it doesn't, okay, don't go forward with that. Try something else. So that's really what I want to do, and I want others to follow with that within the circuit, continue meeting and being a collaborative team. That's what I'd like. So we're going to have lots of teams, 24 circuits in the state, 24 more teams around the state to work on things. Is there anything else about um, what you're looking forward to do, looking for, yeah, looking forward to do, or um, uh, anything else about being Chief Justice that you had wanted to add? Well, as you uh, opened with, it's the highest honor that anybody could ever have. Um, the fact that I'm a woman, um, and not really an academic and dyslexic. How did I ever get here is the question. How could that be? But it did happen, and um, the nice thing about our court, one of, the, one of the many nice things is that we are geographically diverse but through the Constitution. Our state Constitution provides how we can have people from everywhere in the state come together and work uh, together because we have the same interest, and that's improving the law in Illinois and delivering justice. At the end of our conversation, I asked her about her husband's federal indictment on racketeering and bribery charges. Off mic, she said she had no comment. And that will do it for this week's edition of Capital Cast, a regular production of Capital News Illinois. You can find a written version of this interview, as well as our other work, at capitalnewsillinois.com. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.